I could be a mammoth. You could be a mammoth. Any one of us can turn into one of these furry giants when trying to swap or sell our stuff online. And for every mammoth out there, there's a bunch of Neanderthals waiting in the bushes. Don't worry, we didn't shift the focus of this podcast from malware research to history or primitive hunting. It's just that mammoths, Neanderthals, and a malicious toolkit called Telecopio are central to scams analyzed by ESET researchers that target online marketplaces around the globe. My name is Ari Goretsky, and I'm ESET's distinguished researcher and host of the ESET Research Podcast. Today, I'll be talking with ESET malware researchers Radek Yizba and Jakob Socek about the discovery of Telekopio, a malicious toolkit operating also as a Telegram bot that allows cyber criminals to con users online. So hold on to your mammoths. Here we go. Welcome, Radek. Welcome, Jakob. Hi, Ari. Hi, thank you for having us. So before we begin, I, I just have to ask, how did you come up with mammoths, Neanderthals, and Telecopio? Well, I must confess, we actually didn't come up with mammoths. It's a common slang in some Russian-speaking countries for someone you want to sort of quote-unquote screw over or target or scam in this case. And just by following or more likely reversing the logic, uh, we came up with Neanderthals as the name for uh, these, uh, these scammers. And well, Telecopio is a uh, join sort of of two words. Tele means for telegram, as you already said. Uh, the, uh, it is implemented as a telegram bot. And Copio is a Russian word for spear, which is there for one thing that these attacks are highly targeted as in spear phishing and plus you know we are talking about neanderthals so spears naturally come to hand right that makes a lot of sense um we don't normally think of spear phishing as a a primitive tool so it, it just kind of caught me a little by surprise um when i saw that uh in the uh article uh that you uh guys had done the research on um, so uh, thank you for explaining that. And um, let's dive into what you found with uh, Telecopio. What does it do for these uh, Neanderthals? Who are these digital hunters? So um, it basically manages kind of the, the operation for them. But the main part is in content generation. Uh, Telecopio is implemented, as we already said, as a Telegram bot. Very simply put, when a Neanderthal is a member of this Telegram group, uh, he is presented with a bunch of buttons, just clickable. And in the matter of seconds, he is able, just by clicking buttons and answering some very simple questions, uh, he becomes in possession of phishing websites, uh, phishing emails, uh, false SMS messages, uh, and even more. Basically, everything that he needs to just use in order to hunt the mammoths. 
I have to say, I kind of feel like an old man now because I remember when you had to do each of those steps individually, and now it's just available with um, a few clicks of some buttons. Exactly. Yeah, you can think of it as uh, as when you have the uh, the scamming call centers, which have their their scripts. These scammers just have telecopio instead of them. Wow. So it, from their side, it it sounds like it's just incredibly easy to set these up and and do. Um, but what about the victim? What does it look like to the mammoth? Uh, well, actually, we have to uh, say that there are different types of scams that Neanderthals utilize. The main two types are the buyer and the seller type. Uh, if the Neanderthal poses as a seller, uh, we usually uh, the, the most of the mammoths know about this. It is pretty straightforward. Uh, this is the older scenario, and uh, mostly the uh, the mammoths uh, know about it, so it is not as efficient as it once was. If the Neanderthal poses as a buyer, uh, he tries to contact the mammoth that has created a listing and tries to earn his trust. For example, asking for asking if the goods are somehow damaged or uh, giving a story on why he wants to buy an item uh, then uh, the neanderthal tries to transfer the the mammoth to a third party platform or uh, try to fish out his email and so on and then finally force the mammoth to put his uh, details, credentials, and so on, on a phishing website uh, that is specifically designed to uh, steal his money. Plus, you may wonder how do they get to, um, how do they get mammoths to disclose their, uh, their financial sensitive information if they are the ones that are expecting to receive the money? And that's a uh, perfectly logical question to ask. There are two main approaches. Uh, one, they will uh, use a uh, brand abuse of a third delivery re- legitimate and well-known service. And they will claim that uh, this service offers uh, the way to transfer the package and that they already paid and that the mammoth needs to pay a sort of safety deposit like in the case that the case wouldn't come at all or it would come damaged. And this is the reason why they need to, uh, to give up their, uh, their uh, financial information. And of course, that the deposit will be returned. And the second approach is for the larger platforms. Uh, the Neanderthal will claim that they already paid, but they paid directly to the platform. And the mammoth is expected to receive his money from the platform. So once again, they abuse the brand trust and follow this up, as Radek already said, with uh, sending mammoth a phishing uh, email with a link that seems like it's coming from the legitimate legitimate, uh, marketplace and that uh, the mammoth is supposed to click the link to receive his money directly from the marketplace. It, it sounds that right up to the point where they start um, getting into the financial aspects of the, the transaction, well, it's not a transaction of, of the crime, 
Um, it sounds very much like a, a normal kind of discussion between a buyer and a seller. Are there any things that would make a person suspicious before that point? Well, uh, as you said, uh, the Neanderthals try to post as a regular user of a platform. Uh, so, of course, they try to like uh, ask questions that a normal person would. But they also have to force the mammoth to, to do some stuff that he would not usually do. For example, uh, they try to get a phone number or an email address or try to like transfer the mammoth to the different site entirely. And this takes some skill uh, because uh, normally the uh, mammoth does not want to uh, leave the safety of the website. So for example, they can say something like, yeah, I'm terribly sorry, but uh, I have to leave my PC now. Would you mind changing the uh, conversation platform to some third party uh, chatting platform? They usually um, try to use WhatsApp because it's widely used and everyone like knows, uh, knows about it. Um, but actually, uh, it is not the only way. Uh, if they try to fish out the uh, phone number or email, Telecapio uh, can uh, help them and uh, send uh, unsolicited phishing emails uh, with spoofed headers. So these emails uh, look like they are coming from reputable source. And yeah, that, that's like trust that, that they can create uh, within this, this bond. Interesting. So it's like the, the hunter, the Neanderthal, is trying to separate the mammoth from their, the safety of the herd, the, the platform that they're on. Precisely, yeah. Something, something uh, for uh, potential victims to watch out for. There's safety in numbers. Need to stay on your online platform for uh, buying and selling, whatever that might be. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the geographies uh, involved in this. Uh, well, I'm going to say it, uh, a cri this criminal enterprise. Where is it that the, the Neanderthals actually operate from and what countries or online marketplaces since those tend to usually cover several countries or a region or two um what of those do they target well actually telecopio is very versatile and uh, it makes the scam very portable so the victims can be found uh, like almost everywhere uh, in large markets, let's say UK, Germany, uh, or Russia, and even in a small countries, uh, let's say Czech Republic, Slovakia, New Zealand, and so on. Uh, they uh, even dare to attack users on platforms such as uh, eBay, BlaBlaCar, or some like not global ones, but uh, pretty widespread ones like a Vinted. Uh, that are used in different countries. Well, when we talk about uh, the origin of the Neanderthals, it is a bit hard to tell, 
but almost all of the comments in their source code is in Russian. So we can say that uh, the original creators of this toolkit were probably from a Russian-speaking country. Uh, we, we think that it was either Russia, Ukraine, or Uzbekistan. Um, but uh, almost anyone can be a Neanderthal because if, uh, if they are able to communicate a little bit in Russian, they can use the telecopio for, uh, for its full extent. And uh, actually, uh, there are different um, guides and manuals that teach Neanderthals how to scam users in different countries. Wow, that's um, that's pretty incredible. Um, so it it seems that they're operating at a just a global level. Exactly, and especially in Europe, we see quite a bit of these sort of scams. Uh, the anecdotal evidence is that when you try to sell something on one of such marketplaces, usually the one the the, the first like one to three messages will be scam attempts very likely. So yeah, there's quite high volume of these sort of attacks. I'd actually like to follow up on that. Can you um, tell us a little bit more about the, the victimology here? Um, who is getting targeted and how are they chosen to be mammoths by these Neanderthal hunters? Interesting thing you ask. So, uh, <laughs> what we know is that every group of Neanderthals has their own strategy, how to target these, uh, these mammoths and how to choose them. Uh, they perfected some ways to ease and automate their way in that part. So uh, they, for example, heavily utilize web scraping and they use the results to quickly filter through users that they find interesting and possibly vulnerable to this sort of scam. And in this process, they take all, all things into account, like gender, age, experience, uh, rating, uh, number of completed listings and trades, and all, all sort of things uh, that they use to sort of profile the mammoth that they will target. The second thing is that, uh, and it definitely plays uh, a significant role in the targeting, is the price of the item that the user is selling. For example, if the price is too high, they simply just won't target the user because they expect a much higher level of resiliency. Actually, the rating seems to be a big topic when uh, filtering out the mammoths uh, because the Neanderthals seem to try to, uh, let's say, avoid users that are low rated because there's a huge chance that the low rated user is a scammer. And so if a scammer tries to scam another scammer, it's not a ideal situation for them. I can definitely understand that being a, a waste of both parties time. Um, just what can you say? There's no honor amongst thieves. Um, yet you'd think that if they went after the more experienced users with a a higher rating, longer time on the service, however that's mentioned, those people would probably be more familiar with being scammed. So they must have gotten really good at perfecting their messaging. 
Yeah, actually, we dis- we discovered uh, one manual that talks like in depth uh, about the filtering and let's say categories of mammals, and they specifically try to target a new users with uh, low numbers of uh, finished traits or an experienced user that did not sell anything for, let's say, a year. Actually, they try to avoid people that, or users, uh, that are selling like a lot of stuff. They, they say like 100, uh, 100 um, listings per year because there's a huge chance that these people are either a shops or uh, some people that are like really experienced. Interesting. So um, it, it sounds like there's a level of work that they do to, to figure out who they're ultimately going to target. Um, but any chance, do they use any kind of artificial intelligence or machine learning for anything, uh, picking victims or um, handling translations, messaging, things like that? Basically, Telecopia does not utilize artificial intelligence at all. The Neanderthals believe that their approach is superior and that when they experimented with artificial intelligence in the past, it actually led to them being banned faster on these platforms Now, you can think what you will about that, but this is sort of their approach that they decided to take. That's very interesting. So the uh, Neanderthals avoided extinction by avoiding uh, the singularity of, of machine intelligence. We've talked you know, about the, the scammers, about the scams, but none of this would have been possible. We, we would have no information about this at all if you guys had not managed to infiltrate uh, the, the Neanderthal groups. What was that like? What did you learn from it about the operations, about the groups? Um, what can you what can you share with us about their operations and about how you managed to turn around and hunt the hunters? I guess. Uh, actually, we've discovered uh, quite some quite interesting things. For example, that these groups are operating as a businesses with a strict hierarchy. Uh, they have promotion, taxes, like referral bonus bonuses. Uh, training materials, tutorials, and so on and so on. They also uh, respect the anonymity of each other and even have some rules that are uh, against the disclosure of personal details because there seems to be quite some level of paranoia inside these groups because they rightfully (laughs) think that not every Neanderthal inside the group is a legitimate one and uh, some of their colleagues are actually law enforcement officers in disguise. And one more interesting thing is that uh, there seems to be a drama between the groups and also inside the groups, 
because uh, there are different approaches that uh, Neanderthals use. It is highly individual. Um, one, one group uh, just wants to write to everyone and uh, have, let's say, higher profit with low efficiency. And the other group just tries to pick the, the most likely members to scam. Uh, and the trouble is for them that the first, first group is raising the awareness about the scam and hurting them in the long run. So if you think about it, basically the quality over quantity creates a huge heated discussions between them. It's a, a interesting set of dynamics to observe. Some of them are going for, I guess, the entire herd and others just want to go like out on a boat and harpoon that whale, I guess, which I understand totally breaks the mammoth model. So we won't, uh, we won't go any further with that one. But um, I just can't help but think about that since, you know, we did after I'll start with talking about spearfishing. There's, there's one thing I, I just want to come back to. Uh, that you mentioned that, that just struck me surprising. You mentioned that they have taxes. Oh, yes. So we should probably say one thing that we forgot to mention. Uh, when the Neanderthal successfully scams a mammoth, uh, he doesn't end up with the with the reward. The reward goes to, let's say, the, the bot itself, but uh, eventually the administrator of the group and the scamming, like the extraction of the money from the mammoth's account, this is done by some other members of the uh, of the scam operation. And unfortunately, we don't have much insight into that. But what we do know is that uh, the Neanderthal uh, has to get paid some way, right? Because they are all in it just for the money. And this happens once again through Telecopio. Uh, and they ask for a payout and uh, this needs to be approved and then they received money from the administrator. The thing is they don't receive all the money. They just receive the portion that, that is calculated after their tax rate is, um, is subtracted and the tax rate comes to their position, which comes back to the promotion Radek mentioned earlier. So, uh, yeah, the taxes is basically something that they pay to the whole operation or to the administrator in this case uh, for each successful scam that they pull up. Um, if they're operating at this kind of scale where they actually have structures for these activities, I, I just have to, to wonder, I, well, I have to ask you guys, how successful are these scams? Um, for that matter, what what's the average payout uh, if a scam is successful, if, if you can talk about that? Yeah, so this is a hard thing for us to estimate based on what we were able to analyze and get our hands on. But uh, considering, uh, considering the, the things that we learned from the actual conversations they have, the success rate for them seems to be about 10%, which means that uh, uh, they, uh, like we already mentioned that they go even after multiple mammoths at once. Uh, we are able to 
thanks to Telecopia once again, uh, to see a little bit into the payouts that are happening. I mean, payouts to the actual Neanderthals. And uh, it differs in every group. Uh, on average, we've seen a few hundred thousand a month uh, in, in Euro, I mean. And uh, one of these groups, I think, mentioned uh, something about two to four million per year. Uh, and since we had a closer cooperation with, uh, with the Czech police on this one, we can uh, use their statistics, which claim a, a few hundred million Czech crowns every year for these sort of scams. But we need also to consider that this includes uh, other types of scam scenarios like uh, fraudulent uh, bankers calling and scam call centers and all things like that. So we cannot really account all of that just to telecopy. Well, um, I have to say that that doesn't just sound like peanuts uh, to me. Uh, it's definitely some uh, sizable amounts of money uh, being moved around, um, you know, from the mammoths to the uh, Neanderthals there. Um, with this kind of organized crime, there, there must be enough volume of it, um, even with the individual versions and the permutations of going after a lot of mammoths or a single mammoth, um, that the attacks that are being used must be something that the marketplaces that are being used, the um, hunting grounds, for uh, lack of a better term, uh, are aware of. So what is it that the marketplaces themselves can do to protect themselves and their legitimate users um, against being spear-hunted uh, by the Neanderthals? Uh, we know that the detections on these online marketplaces are getting better and better, but uh, the defense methods are not public. Uh, Neanderthals uh, know this, and they are trying to identify those rules and methods and share tips uh, about like how to overcome uh, all these uh, sick um, all the all these uh, detections. One that I can mention is something they call account warmups. The online marketplaces that they usually operate on uh, have strict policy against sending too many requests, too many messages uh, after a account creation. So they devised a plan how to warm up the newly created account, uh, such as login, then look at six or seven listings, then log out after five hours again, log in and then start uh, writing to, to the mammoths or potential mammoths.
Furthermore, uh, many marketplaces moderate their chat, so it's not possible to post uh, URL links inside them. To overcome the, this defense, Neanderthals uh, try to transfer Mammoth to the third-party platform, and there uh, they just like send a phishing phishing link. Overall, as you can see from the from the tactics. Uh, uh, they are kind of let's say scared from the actual platforms and they will do anything to transfer you out of there when they can because uh, they feel that it will be much safer for them and uh, there will be much less chance that they will be discovered yeah that's um actually pretty interesting i i was thinking that you know i i know that online payment processors gather a tremendous amount of data about payments flowing through their systems and they can actually build fairly sophisticated models um, using graph theory to identify what normal velocity of transactions is across accounts by age um, and activity and so forth. And it, it didn't occur to me that online marketplaces might have developed similar tools um, you know, some of these have millions, tens of millions, uh, perhaps many more uh, transactions a year. That should give them some very interesting training data to determine what are typical and atypical um, patterns of behavior um, by legitimate customers and, well, uh, Neanderthals. So... Um, I'm going to just take that question and uh, flip it around the other way. What can the mammoths, the users do uh, to protect themselves against these hybrid machine generated with the button press human interaction delivered attacks uh, from the uh, Neanderthals? Uh, well, actually, they are pretty hard to recognize uh, at first. Uh, but uh, once you are at a, let's say, payment page, you can look for some translation mistakes. It's not a good idea to rely solely on, on this because some translations are like really flawless, uh, especially uh, to English or to Russian. So the most reliable way to detect a phishing page is to take a closer look at the URL. Uh, these guys are creating URLs that uh, seem to be almost the same as the regular ones, uh, but uh, there is usually, uh, let's say a dash or or some, some word uh, that should not be there. But we should also mention some, uh, uh, some things you can look for before you even get to the payment stage. As Radek mentioned, lots of these translations are getting better and better. And the usual thing that you would look for, which is grammar mistakes, may no longer be there. But you can still spot some uh, strange behavior. Uh, for example, a uh, less experienced uh, Neanderthals will sort of overwhelm you with details right early in, the, in your conversation. And these are details that you didn't even ask for and a regular user wouldn't very likely do that. And the second thing is that 
especially if you are using this platform in a larger city, always try to dwell and insist on in-person delivery and payment. This is the most common way that is, uh, that is being used to exchange goods and money on these platforms. And the Neanderthals need to uh, avoid this. And the ex uh, excuses that they use, like being too far away or traveling suddenly to a business trip, uh, they, they, they are always the same. And uh, if you feel like you have any doubts at all and you are able to sell to someone else that will be willing to go for in-person payment and delivery, then I would definitely suggest to go for that. Thank you. That that's very helpful. Um, I I just have to ask. Um, you know, we we talked a bit about the fact that some of these clans, tribes, whatever you want to call them, of Neanderthals, um, are making a lot of money. Did you see any singular, very large transactions? Uh, maybe an amount that surprised you. Well, uh, the Neanderthals uh, do not usually go for lar large amounts. Usually the uh, transaction is around, let's say, 15 to 20,000 uh, rubles. Uh, that's like 200, 300 euros. Uh, and they are pretty uh, comfortable with that because uh, they are just uh, scamming en masse usually. But maybe to follow up on your question, we found something interesting in one of the groups. They sometimes uh, sort of advertise like how successful each member in the group is. And there was one group that we analyzed and one single Neanderthal had like what was responsible for, uh, I, I think, like 70 to 80 percent of all the money scammed throughout that month. So, yeah, there are, there are definitely more and less uh, successful ones. Yeah, he was a master hunter going after the uh, the biggest, fattest, I don't know, what do you say, the, the longest tusked uh, mammoths, I guess. Maybe, maybe even a saber-toothed tiger, who knows. It, it seems like there's there's definitely a, a technology component to these scams with this push-button interface. Um, there's also a human, a social engineering part um of this game and it, it it seems like they're very well meshed together but technology evolves people become more aware of fraudulent patterns of behavior D do you see there being an end game um a point at which these scams will just no longer work at all people will be too knowledgeable or the technology will have gotten so good that they just don't work anymore. Yeah, a logical thing to ask. So I'm going to use a interesting piece of information uh, that we discovered as well to answer your question. One of the Neanderthal administrators gave an interview a few years back to some uh, criminal underground, um, let's say, journal. Uh, and he was asked this very question. His answer was that these online marketplace scams will always be present and it's no way that this will disappear. And it is, uh, it, it, is, uh, uh, it is sure that this will continue to be there. Um, I mean, there is 
partially truth to that. I don't think that this will go anywhere, but we should also look at this from the positive side of things. And that is that the uh, platforms themselves are making uh, more and more efforts to avoid these scams and prevent their users from being scammed. And as we can clearly see, even from the uh, conversations that we were able to analyze, it really is the way that the uh, that that the there is a time where the Neanderthals have the upper hand, and there is the time where the marketplaces have the upper hand. So this is the typical cat and mouse game uh, that uh, we as defenders play with the cyber criminals. So it it seems like there's a evolutionary pressure uh, on them to evolve their attacks and make them better. And uh, there's a similar pressure on the side of the online marketplaces, uh, payment processors that might be involved, uh, banks and financial institutions uh, as well to stop this fraudulent activity. So, you know, who knows, in a few digital generations, it might be humans versus elephants. Okay. Well, um, gentlemen, do you have any uh, closing thoughts for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, don't be a mammoth. No one wants to be a mammoth. And uh, be safe. That's uh, good, good practical advice there. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. This has been an episode of the ESET Research Podcast. For more information on our research involving Telecopio, visit the ESET Research handle on Twitter, and you can read the latest blogs and white papers on welivesecurity.com and ESET Threat Intelligence. This show has been hosted by me, Ari Goretsky. My guests today were ESET Malware researchers, uh, Radik Yizba and Jakob Suchek, and uh, produced today by our security awareness specialist, Andre Kubovich. This episode was created with love and care in Bratislava and Prague. Until the next time, stay safe out there.